Oh, boy. <laughs> As the Sharks finish up a busy trade deadline, they have a chance to gain ground on idle St. Louis and Arizona losing to Colorado, and they lay a goose egg. We'll talk about that and more right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is April 12th, 2021. Dad, if you're watching, happy birthday. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game, home and away. So if you want to be a part of the show, teal together and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. And of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and of course, find everything at tealtownusa.com. All right. Good evening, everyone. I am Eric Curry. I'm alongside is Kevin Lacey. What in the world, folks? This is breaking news. Wow. We need the we need the breaking news uh, graphic. Kevin Lacey, the one that is known for the turtleneck, is wearing a turtleneck. Um, Kevin, what's the occasion? The occasion is that we needed a little pick-me-up, and all season long in the chat, everyone's been saying, why isn't Kevin wearing turtlenecks anymore, and where's the turtleneck, and why isn't Kevin on the Peloton and wearing a turtleneck, and things of that nature. And uh, so, you know, we needed a little pick-me-up tonight, so I I was going to wear my Hockey is for Everyone jersey, nice. but... Hockey apparently was not for the Sharks tonight, oh, so damn. I decided to wear the turtleneck. The uh, the official starter team worn turtleneck, nineteen ninety two turtleneck. So there we go. Nice <laughs> looking sharp. Ninety one club, baby. <laughs> looking sharp tonight. Uh, I will apologize for my voice. Um, some uh, throat issues yeah, going on. Screaming at the TV the whole time. Yeah, according to Steve Rector, I have been. Uh, you know, great question. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my voice. Uh, talk to Kaiser. We'll find out something tomorrow morning, hopefully. So forgive us. Uh, but uh, hey, at, at this point, yeah, I might as well. I might as well. Uh, uh, get to it. So let's talk about this game where the uh, Sharks had a chance to uh, take care of business. Uh, well, the, and, you know, Eric, they certainly did. And I thought the first, yeah, like 30 seconds or so, <laughs> the Sharks and the Ducks both came to play for 90 seconds. Like, it was awesome. What a start. Those And end, it was crazy. I thought... It's going to be some kind of hockey game. I, I thought the Sharks were trying to set the record for the fastest goal in team history. You know, Yeah, uh, right off the faceoff, Donato goes up. And, I mean, we didn't even have a clock in the score in the top left corner because they were showing the lines graphic. But I was thinking six seconds, Ryan Donato might get a goal. Didn't happen. Then the Ducks go the other way. And then the Sharks go the back. And it was, that was that was the best part of the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
if you turned it off after the first 90 seconds, you missed one <laughs> hell of a game. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> maybe if you're a Ducks fan, you did. I mean, uh, my goodness. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin, you're getting some love here, by the way. Bring back Peloton, Kevin. Uh, Kevin's just trying to bring some mojo. Maybe we all need turtlenecks. Yes, if we could ever find those turtlenecks on eBay, that would be something special. That's where I. That's where I ended up getting mine. Was uh, they had them in black and teal? Uh, get yours on the Sharks eBay, not fanatics website. That a boy. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, while we're excited about that, unfortunately, nothing too exciting about this one. Uh, minute 59 in. I, I guess he's a shark killer. He's taken over the thing for Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff. Maxim Comtois. Uh, again, a nice little tip in in front to make it one nothing Sharks. Um, you know, you you wonder if if uh, Jones was ready to go, uh, but uh, but shoot, it's it, I mean we've we've heard this many times from Bugner. It's like we weren't ready. And you got out to a good start the first 90 seconds, but then after that, it just suddenly crashed down to earth quickly. And and watching that Max Comtois goal happen, I think the last time I was on After Dark was on a Ducks game also where he scored the same goal. Like, do we do the Sharks not watch footage of the previous meetings with these teams? Because I swear... I legitimately thought it was a replay of the last game during one of the one of the breaks where they were showing highlights. And I did not realize, oh, that, yeah, that was the goal that got scored in this game. So right off the bat, that was that was a struggle. And I don't know if you noticed this, Eric, but for me, I think where the Sharks really lost this game. I mean, you can say, sure, that was the game-winning goal. one nothing. They lost their game, lost the game on that goal. But for me, it was the aftermath of that because I noticed that the Sharks lost their composure completely. And they were it seemed like they were out to score the very next shift, as Drew Amanda would always say. Right. First shift after a goal, Randy, first shift after a goal. <laughs> but I felt like the Sharks were trying so damn hard to score immediately after and tie the game as if it was the final minute of the game that they completely lost their system, their form, and they let the Ducks just come in and score again. Because they, they went balls to the wall way too early in this thing to try and tie it up. I The Ducks are below the Sharks in the standings. I, I don't see why... There needed to be that much urgency. I don't know. Did you notice that? Because that's how I felt. Watching yeah, it. you would think there would have been. There was again. There would have been that that sense of urgency early on. But after that first goal, and then you know it became the Volkov show. He gets two goals in about four minutes to make it three nothing. Of course, one of them which kind of looked like it went off of Tomas Hurdle. Um, but you know, and Bugner, as we're getting comments coming out now, right now. You know, the first 10 minutes of the game is what cost us. Jones was giving us chances to get into games, but we can't start from a deficit. Um, yeah, I mean, just did not look pretty on there. And Jones, you know, I, I, I kind of disagree with the coach. You know, when you give up three goals that early and then what was it, four goals on 19 shots? 
I mean, yeah, you did a great job, you know, getting getting the the chance, you know, chance down. But it's like, my goodness, I mean, you had 21 shots on on the night and let in four goals, um, three of which, you know, in 13 shots, not great night all around for anybody. No, it wasn't for me. Martin, this wasn't on Martin Jones. I agree. He could have been better. Uh, but I feel like this was more of a systematic issue. Right. I thought the the Sharks were pretty lousy, in particular that Shimmick and Yaros pair. Uh, that was minus three. Curtis Pichelka had the great stat where they were both minus three after about three and a half minutes of ice time. That's basically minus three after four shifts. That's unacceptable. Yeah. And again, I have spoken the praises about Christian Yaros uh, when he was with the Barracuda this year. I know the Sharks fans really love them some Redeem Shimmick a lot. Uh, Especially on Reddit. (laughs) Yeah, especially Reddit. There you go. Uh, But I thought they both looked lousy. And it's not just on the defensemen, too. Again, uh, I don't remember which goal it was, which Volkov goal it was. I think it was the second one that made it 3-0. But you saw all five sharks down low. And this is, it was the same thing in the last game. Again, going back to, do we not watch our own footage from previous games here? There's the la- five. There it is right there. That's the one from the last game, yeah. right? Yeah. And then tonight, cool. The sharks got about 10 ish. Maybe that's a little, uh, over exaggeration. So five feet away from the crease, but they still all just huddled in and then somehow let Volkov just skate right in and score that second goal. So, ay, 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 defensively, I mean, the Ducks have struggled this season. They're not an offensive powerhouse. In fact, uh, I believe they're one of the worst offensive teams in the league. So <laughs> how can the Sharks just allow them to literally skate right in and score the way they did tonight? So, I mean, Martin Jones can only do so much. He, he, The Sharks were lacking the big save out of Jones. But they need they need to handle things out on the rest of the ice too. Right. I mean, after the first period, when it was fourteen thirteen in shots. I mean, let's be honest here. That's eight shots that the Ducks had the rest of the game. So kudos to that. We'll give you that. But you still let in one more goal, where you absolutely needed it. But then you throw up a total of forty five, and it's like. What on earth, you know, I mean, I was I was getting shades of Ben Scrivens when when the Sharks lost in Edmonton with like 50 something shots and Patty saying, obviously putting up that many shots, you expect to score some goals, but it didn't happen for us tonight. Uh, We have to scrap tonight's game and get back at them on Wednesday. We don't like the results we're getting, but it, it starts with us playing our game and we didn't do that. Um, and uh, you're talking about the the shots and the scoring chances and everything. These this box score keeps changing. Like when we both uh, first joined up on this call, the shots were 44 to 18. Then they changed to 45 19 when we went on the air, yep. and now it's been updated to 46 to 21. So <laughs> <laughs> they just keep throwing on shots, but it's not making this any better for us. Um, you know, it's uh, my yeah. my thing or is is that my thing my thing is that um, 
at least we're we're getting all the shots out here in California. I mean, sure. I mean, seriously, getting all it's, those shots. It's yeah. it's too bad that Go they get your shots, everybody. Right? It's too <laughs> bad you can get vaccinated with the, all those shots the sharks put on tonight. I mean, come yeah. on. But hey, also here's the other thing: the sharks put up 46 shots on goal. That ducks were credited with 16 blocks as well. So you do on on you can look at it one way or the other. Right. It's, one way, it's my goodness, they took. 62 plus shots the other side of it is well the ducks went balls to the wall on defense so which you know that if they're not going to be scoring goals although they did tonight um <laughs> s- stepping in uh, that that's part of the thing with having a third string goalie right uh and in the- net like anthony stolars is you've got your team who's going to play that much harder because in their mind, it's like, Oh man, it's our third string goalie. We better really step up for him because it's not John Gibson and John Gibson's not going to bail us out. And we don't know what Anthony Stellars is. So let's just go balls the wall. I actually think that's a big reason why Toronto's doing so well with Jack Campbell. It's Jack Campbell is eight. and zero. we should see how long this goes. Oh, now he's nine and zero. Oh, he's 10 and zero. let's keep going guys. Like, I think that mentality is what what led the Ducks to this victory tonight. Is we got Stolarz in net. Let's do this for him. Yeah, it's kind of the thing with David Ayers too. When when the Leafs sure. lost to a forty-two year old Zamboni driver who works for them, I can't do it with the with the voice tonight. Forty-two years old, <laughs> right? You know, kind of going through some of the comments in the chat, and only because I think it's really getting. Uh, a lot of say, of course, Yarosh and Shimikin, you know, uh, not some love. Everybody sucked. Uh, I mean, Steve Rector even saying, I mean, we don't have enough demon to sit both of them. And Yarosh is the newest, so I think that's why. But I don't think he'll be getting a pass off the ice. I guarantee you. You know, do you wonder if maybe if uh, Greg Pattern is in San Jose in time? Uh, I, I, depending on the quarantine rules, does he get in early on? Um, it's possible. It's possible. Um, I mean, I would not be surprised if both Yaros and Shimmick were sat for the next game. Uh, Christian Yaros was, uh, sitting for most of the second period. It took a very long time for him to get a shift. Uh, he did eventually, uh, get minimal ice time there. I don't know what his final ice time totals was. I can pull where I can pull it up right now, but um, t- under 11 minutes, uh, under 11 minutes. So Jeez. that means that he saw six ish minutes of ice time in the second and the third periods total. So, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, that's Bob Bugner saying you guys were terrible, but I can't have you sitting for 50 minutes. If you if you're gonna sit a young kid like Christian Yaros for for 50 minutes, there's no going back from that. I feel like. Yeah. So I'm glad that he eventually got him back in minimal ice time, but let hopefully that sinks in for the kid and says, hey, you may have been a really good AHLer, but this is your second NHL organization, and we expect better from you. Otherwise, you're going to be on to your third or not in the NHL at all. Right. Um, and we mentioned on our show earlier today on Teal Town Live, I think it was on Teal Town Live, 
how Jake Middleton has been playing better minutes lately for the Barracuda. I think Nick Malosh is playing his best hockey since joining this this organization right now. So just you're talking about Patterson possibly coming in, and he's certainly an option, a proven option. Um, but we'll see when he gets here. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see someone like Malosh get called up in, in, into the next game. And he was on the roster opening night when they played the Desert Dogs. Uh, maybe give him another look uh, right now because now this is the squad that you're going to battle with. This is a squad that you need if, and I know there's going to be a lot of people when I say this, you know, they're going to go nuts, but if they're going to make a playoff push, it's crucial. You know, uh, Couture, after the game, I think I can play better hockey. It's not secret that I ha- I've had a bad stretch recently. Feels like I haven't scored in 50 games. My game needs to get to another level. You like the honesty from Couture, but my goodness, you know, come on. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like we went through the Donato Schneid, the Meyer Schneid, now the Couture Schneid. Even Vander Kane's been... A, been a little quiet lately um these guys and, and i know i hear all the time on with ted ramey is like the your best players need to be your best players and they weren't tonight and they cert they blew it they certainly weren't eric sorry sorry i just no, want to good. say because i there's one player that i thought actually played okay not great but played fine and i thought that was marcus Sorensen. Wasn't traded today. Playing in Teal. I actually thought he had a good effort. Now, my thing is, he had two prime scoring chances, and he did not deliver on those. This team should not be put on the back of Marcus Sorensen. But when your stars aren't stepping up, you need players like Marcus Sorensen to be able to contribute. It was a good effort tonight, I felt, from him. But that's one out of 18. Right. That's not going to win you a hockey game. And, and the power play, where have you been? Where have you gone? Um, You know, it, it got to the point tonight where in the third period, the Ducks were just throwing cross checks and had no problem with it. Because You know why? Because the guys weren't giving it, you know, weren't making them pay on the power play. And yeah. when you have that happen, you're going to get what happened in 2006 with the Sharks and Oilers, where they're just going to take liberties and say, we don't give a crap if we're going to the box. You guys can't score on the damn power play. I mean, come on, boys. You went 0 for 6 tonight. You can't have that. And you didn't look good either on the power no. play. That's that's the no. worst thing. No, they did not. And I'm glad you did bring that up because it wasn't like the Sharks didn't have the opportunities. It wasn't like the Sharks threw up 46 shots on goal and 30 of them were just throwaway shots. The Sharks did have some good opportunities, but they had great offensive or they had chances to put up great offensive uh, zone time with all those power plays. And it was very flat, very flat. In fact, I felt like the Sharks were flatter on their power play than most of the rest of the game. Which so is scary, not, I think. Yeah, not making the Ducks pay at all. Yeah. And then, of course, the worst part that makes everything fall apart, Kinejov and Hurdle fall 
you know, smack themselves in the face. Uh, Hurdle looked like he had some some issues. Uh, he went to the to the uh, uh, dressing room early before the game was over, and this was about what minute and a half to go. Uh, Bugner saying, "I think he just got a little rattled, but I think Hurdle is fine." Uh, so we'll hopefully get some more info on that. But you know, I mean, I think he's okay. Yeah, but it's still it was like the microcosm of the whole game. Yeah. No, just not on the same page, not hitting passes, not getting you're, you're definitely getting shots on goal. I mean, kudos for 46 shots on goal, but you, you got nothing past a third string goaltender tonight. And you should be feeling insulted that a third string goaltender, not John Gibson, who lay an egg at the All-Star game in San Jose, not Ryan Miller, longtime legend. No, it was Anthony Stolarz with 46 saves. I mean, come on. Yeah, and I don't want to discredit Stolarz too much because I think he is a talented goalie. The reason why he's not an NHL goalie is he's not a consistent. He's just not consistent. Um, very athletic for being six foot six. In fact, or six foot five, six foot six. In fact, watching him tonight, I was thinking, well. This might be Magnus Krona in a few years, uh, who the Sharks acquired today. But, uh, I don't, you know, he's he's good enough to get by in from for spot duty. And unfortunately for the Sharks, tonight was one of those spots. Um, I feel like if the Sharks were to play the Ducks again, play him again, you might see a four to two outcome in our favor. Um, but. I really feel like the Sharks lost this game after giving up that first goal where they just decided to throw the system out the door and play a last-minute philosophy. And so when it came time to play the remaining 45 minutes or whatever it was after 3 nothing, that was your scrimmage time. Like there was, there was, I think the frustrating thing for me, Eric, was watching the second and third period and feel like so uh what time's the flight you know right i I wish they were getting on a flight but they gotta play them on wednesday (laughs) you know but but you make up a good point kevin it's like um so uh yeah what, what what are we gonna do now boys um yeah is the, is the trade deadline over yet can we like you know you know uh yeah yeah the trade deadline's over you know why i know because martin jones you know has has struggled since uh his competition struggled since the trade deadline that's not fair well <laughs> think about it how did he look against la he didn't look great he didn't look great tonight either. He, I mean, honestly, four goals. I mean, have have we added two more shots to, to the shot total now? It's like, Better check. yeah, I mean, that's no, it's still 46-21. I think we're safe now. I, I mean, what the they lost four four two to L.A. on Saturday. You know, and this this is why Ian and I. We, we try to keep it real for, for the fans out there watching. Thank you for watching tonight. Absolutely. Uh, we re- obviously, really appreciate it. But this is why we try and keep it real, because keep our expectations tempered. Uh, because, sure, the Sharks mathematically um, are still in this playoff picture. They're not 
too far out of it points wise. They can still make a push. They have a friendly schedule. But at the same time, are the Sharks a good enough team to beat the teams below them like Anaheim and L.A.? On most nights, yes, but not on all nights. And sometimes you'll see top teams lose to the the, the bottom teams once in a while, Absolutely. too. But when the Sharks haven't beaten any of the top teams this year and are still losing the occasional game to L.A. and Anaheim, that's where I know Anthony uh, in the chat earlier said, just tank, just tank. I, right. Tanking is a hard thing to go through. And while I do definitely, uh, you know, for me, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Realistically, I don't want to go through that. None of us want to go through that. Yeah. So we want the Sharks to, if the Sharks are going to lose, be competitive. And tonight the Sharks were not competitive. No, they they weren't competitive. I mean, they, yes, I'll give them credit, 46 shots on goal. And yes, there are a lot of people saying it's not just Jones. And I don't think it's just it's Jones. It's not just Jones. It's a defensive system as well. You know, obviously, yep. the, I mean, the, that's the that's the tough part. Um, and, and, and here, I'm going to do this for AJ because AJ and I get into it all the time about Eric Carlson. Oh boy. Here we go. I thought Brett Hedekin made an amazing point tonight, which is Eric Carlson is an extremely talented player. I'm paraphrasing that an extremely talented player, but sometimes when he's out there, he chooses to try and make the talented play instead of the right play. And so the Sharks, I, I don't know who caused the five giveaways tonight, but the Sharks uh, gave up the puck five to the Ducks just once. Sure, that'll happen when you have the puck more than the other team. But things like that with Carlson making boneheaded plays because he's trying to make up for the Sharks' lack of energy, offense, system, whatever it is. Putting the team on his shoulders, I'll give him credit for that. But you have to pick your spots. So that one's for you, AJ. Eric Carlson was meh tonight. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's <clears throat> that's a key thing is that, you know, you got to make the right plays, not not the fancy plays. You know, I'll, I'll say it again. I remember a sign in 94 saying we love ugly hockey. You know, uh this it just is what it is. I mean, if you get the job done and get the victory, no no problem whatsoever. But if you're going to do the fancy plays, sure. If it works out, cool. If it doesn't, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, honestly. So, oh, man. So, and, and the tough part is just that, you know, St. Louis was idle tonight. Uh, they were supposed to play, but everything that's been going on in Minnesota uh, kind of, you know, just needs to have everything calm down at the point. And then also, you know, Arizona loses to Colorado. So the Sharks really blew a chance uh, for two points, let alone six points within a week. Uh, you know, if they get four of those, they're in a playoff spot. You know, you throw in Vegas coming back in those two games in March, they're in a playoff spot. You throw in... The two losses to Arizona, you get one of those. You're in the race, let alone if you get both of them, you're in a playoff spot. 
they have they are on the cusp which which makes things a lot worse especially a lot worse than my voice um but you know that's that's where the frustrating part is is that this team is right on the cusp if it can play well i assume you want to respond to what aj just posted yeah it was funny i like that throw oh yeah you got to are you saying Eric Carlson tries to make the eleven and a half million dollar play when you can you when you only need him to make the three point seven million dollar play? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Ser- Maybe that's why Greg Patterson's making two point two five million. But oh. yeah, I mean there was there there are a lot of things you can dissect about this game that you can say a b c d e f g and i were all wrong tonight so but then at the same time you don't want to like beat yourself over the head with it right and so this is a tough one but the sharks need to move on but they also need to learn from it there are some nights where you lose the game and you just say Throw your arms up in the air. Like, the, actually, the last Ducks game that I did after Dark on, I thought that was a throw your arms up in the air and just move on. Tonight, I think this is a, you better learn from what you what you did wrong in this game kind of kind of night. So, and, and even going from intermission to intermission, the Sharks played all right second period. Going in that third period, the Sharks had that fire again like they did at the start of the game. The first two three minutes or whatever the sharks they were looking like a team that could get this game to at least three two early in the third mm-hmm. brent burns had uh, a phenomenal keep in at some point because I, don't, I can't remember what happened but there was one play where it was like oh don't do that sharks don't do that and then burns stole the puck and went back the other way i was like okay all right getting our heads back on a swivel until anaheim scored the fourth goal and so things like that, it, where it's just like, oh, how can you just give the momentum so easily? Frustrated. That's that's the worst part about it is that you you get some momentum and then all of a sudden a bad break and it goes right to them. And the, the thing is, is that that's so sharks. I mean, we saw. <laughs> I mean, God about that. I mean, my goodness, I, how many times have we seen? I, I I'm surprised we didn't have like four or five. Um, <clears throat> four or five posts. I know we had a couple of them. So, uh, but, oh, well, it is what it is on that one. Uh, so, uh, apparently we're, we're, we're going to use the, uh, Venmo to get me some lozenges tonight. So if you'd like to make a donation, uh, at Teal Town USA on Venmo, it does actually go support the show, not my voice, of course. Uh, and, and honestly, 18 likes, let's get to 20. If you want your favorite segment, let's get to 20 at least just to torment ourselves a little bit more. So in the, in the meanwhile, uh, let's briefly touch up on what we touched up on, uh, earlier yeah. today. Yeah, let's do uh, it. We had, let's talk about fun, more fun times. Yes. So the sharks get three draft picks overall, uh, along with, uh, a goaltender prospect from the Tampa Bay lightning in Magnus. Oh gosh. Come on, help me out here. Krona. Magnus Krona. I swear that sounds like it's going to be like like the technical term for lava or something. Um, 
what do you think of, of this guy? Uh, this guy, and gentlemen, welcome to Teal Town After Dark, featuring the big one, Magnus Krona. <laughs> All righty, uh, he. he... <laughs> He comes from Denver. I'm like, please pick this back up. <laughs> Den the Denver University goaltender, uh, you know, back-to-back -back years with over a 900 save percentage. Took a little bit of a step back last year, uh, but from what I've heard is that he's found his game a little bit more. So while the goal, while the uh, save percentage is down and the goal against average is up, he's going to look like it, you know, a little bit or a little bit better down the road. Yeah, and with you know we we talked about this. I thought Ian made some great points on on our Teal Town Live earlier today. So please, if you haven't already checked it out, since it was during the day, you might have been at work, uh, you might have been at doing your online classes, something to that effect. Maybe doing gardening. I don't know, but that's why it's important to subscribe. That way you don't miss any shows. Um, but I thought Ian made a great point about how he. When he was playing in uh, under-20 championships, he was, I believe, a 17-year-old. And I recall in the draft year, which was 2018, his highlight reel was insane. But it also heard in that draft about how he had a lot of fundamental flaws. And at six foot six. Even then, I think he was six foot four when he was drafted, and now he's six foot six. So he's a big guy. Um, look at Stolars tonight. Pretty acrobatic, but at times he was kind of all over the place. And that's why Stolars is not a full time NHL goalie. And I think Krona really can be compared to him in a way because I think he's got good athleticism for his size. I have not seen any of his highlights in the last two years though. I will, I will forewarn you on that. So, um, I'm only speaking of previous reference, but, um, he's got some big time upside and that's why, that's why the lightning drafted him. And I feel like that's why this is a good acquisition by the sharks, especially when the sharks have, Plenty of undersized goalies in their system. Uh, they've obviously got Zach Amond in the queue, uh, who had a, a pretty poor overage year, and I not too high on. Um, but you've got Kojanash, who's maybe six foot two, although I think he's a little bit shorter. You've got Zach Salchenko, who signed today. Congratulations, Zach. Um, but he's barely six foot zero that's a big stretch there i feel, feel like he's taller than me i'm five nine but he's not sick i don't know if he's six feet uh melnichuk's only six one so uh krona brings the organization something different if if nothing else a a, a big goalie and then you see how he grooms see if maybe uh get him into a an off-season prospects camp where the college players are allowed to join the organization for a few days get uh nabokov and sabrin working with him and who knows what he'll turn into he's got time yeah along with alexander barabanov uh, who i th i thought the Leafs were kind of really interested in uh he goes for you know auntie siomela uh in this one uh ian said earlier it was kind of like spider-man looking at at himself meme um a guy that should be doing a little bit better that maybe's lost his way in the organization 
looking for a fresh start. Yeah, and Barabanov uh, had he he was a coveted player out of the KHL. In fact, I really I I looked for it, but it's been drowned out by articles about the Sharks' acquisition of Barabanov. But I swear I saw something last year that the Sharks were trying to sign him from the KHL. So this is a player that, if if I'm correct, the scouting staff has had their eye on for a while. This is probably going to be the case of it just being a cup of coffee. Uh, typically moves like this, you see Barabanov and Suomela both just walk to unrestricted free agency and head back overseas after the year. But the Sharks have assigned Barabanov to the Barracuda. Um, so there's a kind of a word play there with Barabanov and Barracuda. Um but we'll see if he can regain regain some confidence here, but maybe earn himself a, a call up because he's, he is a talented player. Uh, just time's not on his side being being 26 years old and and already now being on his second organization in his first year in North America. So. Yeah, Juices Shoeless uh, saying Shang Peng, good friend of the show, uh, says scouts were saying Barabanov should be in the lineup over other some other players. Let's see what happens. I mean, there's plenty of time for that to get a cup of coffee with the Sharks. But it remains to be seen how that will go out there. And and he might not be with the Barracuda for very long. This might be just his intro to the organization, get a couple of games, see what, what they've got, and then bring him over to the taxi squad and then move on from there. Exactly. It, it, I, I'm trying to remember who. Oh, Yaros. That's what they did with Christian Yaros. Um, I think they did that with Clayson even there, and Frederick Clayson was traded today. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe they did that with him, so might not be too long. Uh, also, Deuces in the chat said he was hoping we would have signed Tomas Bordalo, who was uh, a high the second-round pick, I believe, from the Sharks from this last year. I don't see what the rush is. The Sharks have so many bodies on their organization right now. Um, I don't want Bordalo to get lost in the shuffle. Um, I'd rather just see him play another year in college next year, continue his success, and and then then maybe get a look after that. And and get a year or two with Michigan. Might have to do, uh, you know, maybe be ready to make make his way up into the NHL like another former. Uh, you know, college star that made it in there. I don't you know. Joe Pavelski. Oh, excuse me. I coughed there. Uh, briefly, to, to kind of wrap this up, the Sharks were part of a three-team trade with Chicago and Vegas that got the Sharks a fifth-round pick. Um, but the curious case of Nick DeSimone in, in this, you know, forget about Matias Janmark and all that stuff, but how... Now, Nick DeSimone was traded from the Sharks to Vegas, but then Vegas brought him back to the Barracuda. Why would they do that? You know, we we discussed this, you know, possible reasons for why Nick DeSimone would be involved in a trade because it seemed like the uh, what the Sharks gave up should have been enough to only acquire a fifth round mm -hmm. pick. And yet they gave up Nick DeSimone as part of it as well. Uh, but thanks to Sinbin Vegas for throwing it out there that Nick DeSimone is expected, or I don't know if it's actually been announced, 
booked yet, but he it is anticipated he will return with the Barracuda because of league rules stating that when you have a three-team trade that involves salary retention, the team retaining salary must include a player as part of the trade. So Nick DeSimone is truly a paper transaction. Uh, <laughs> Henderson, Henderson, uh, the Vegas organization is a lot like the Sharks organization where they have way too many bodies, not as many as us, but way too many bodies for the the teams that they field. So Nick DeSimone has no, there's no need for Henderson to acquire him. So, hey, cool. He's still with the Sharks party. Uh, I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, it's going to be kind of weird. I like how Randy on the broadcast said he's still with the team, but now a different, there's going to be a different logo on his paycheck. And that, that is true. That's kind of weird to to think. Um, and then I think the one sad thing with Nick to Simone is that, you know, we're, I was talking earlier about, well, maybe Nick Malosh gets in the next game or Jake Middleton's been playing better. Maybe he gets a call up. You know who won't be called up? Nick to <laughs> Simone. Because he... <laughs> Go we did see the Sharks do this uh, four or five years ago with Rafi Torres, where they traded him to Toronto. Uh, that ended up being the end of his career. The Barracuda never saw Rafi Torres, but they moved him to the Maple Leafs, and then the Maple Leafs immediately assigned him, loaned him to the Barracuda. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And for that matter, with Stefan Nason involved in a Nick Felino trade as well. So with that with that three team deal. So. All right. Well, that gets you caught up on everything going on uh, with with the Sharks and everything uh, with the scores wise, because, you know, you did get the wraparound time uh, Red Wings over the Hurricanes uh, three to one. Uh, I guess they didn't need Anthony Mantha anymore. Uh, and and got a nice big haul for him, but they beat up on the Hurricanes three one tonight. Uh, Blue Jackets win in overtime four to three. Hagel with the game winner for that one, and indeed Montreal ends Jack Campbell's eleven game win streak. Of course, because I picked him up on my fantasy team. Uh, they the Leafs lose four to two over Montreal. That's looking like that'll be the first round matchup for Toronto. Have fun with that. I really want to see how Toronto does now that Jack Campbell has lost a game. Will they rally around him the same way they did before the when the winning streak was happening? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Ceremony native Austin Matthews with his 32nd in the losing cause. The Ottawa Senators have won again 4-2 to two over the Winnipeg Jets. What in the world's going on in the North Division? Jeez. Uh so uh Brady Kachuk with two goals on the night for that one. Uh Arizona loses four to two, and this one does hurt the Sharks because they could have gotten some uh gained some ground on there. But uh Drew Bauer with another victory, McKinnon with his seventeenth, Ranton his twenty-fourth, and the winning winning occasion. Uh Golden Knights win four to two over the LA Kings. Mark Stone with a shorthanded goal. Uh Alex Tuck with a game winner. Uh, for the Golden Knights. And and Max Pacioretty scored his 300th goal in that game as well and apparently had a pretty awesome post-game interview from what I heard. So so that'll do it 
for that. And that'll do it for us. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, you name it, you love it, and all kinds of other podcatchers. If we're not on one podcatcher, let us know. I think we're, I think we need to get on uh, Odyssey, I think is the, the newest one. But of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. So with that, we'll bring it to a close. Uh, Kevin, thank you again for your help all day. Appreciate it. Ian, I know you're probably asleep, but thank you for doing doing the uh, trade recap and everything. AJ with the comments uh, from the locker room. Appreciate that as well. Uh, Kevin, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. I'm at Kevin Lacey 22 on most social media platforms. Thanks for having me here uh, a few times over the last uh, weekend and, and today and so on and so forth. We will have a new episode of Barracuda in the reef coming soon. There was supposed to be one over the weekend, but well, things didn't go well. So, <laughs> so, uh, what had happened gonna, was, was going to piece together the awesome interview that I had with Nick Nolenberger and uh or conversation that i had with nick nolenberger and and hopefully once we get this one piece back together we'll have nick on for uh, another one here soon Ah, <laughs> uh, geez but you can always catch that on teal sound usa and of course uh feel free to to check out the discord channel as well because there's sharks chat barracuda chat it's pretty awesome we got the little friday night delight uh <laughs> chat going on so yeah check that out all right thanks kevin i'm at puck guy 14 on the twitter and the instagram we will be back with you wednesday following sharks and the ducks for the sake of the our sanity sharks win this game my god please you want to you want to hear a hoarse voice later if the sharks lose on wednesday oh just hang on my friends so for Kevin, I'm Eric, and until Wednesday night, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday night.